Coming up on Salt City Code, we chat with Mo Morsey about founding the Syracuse Innovators Guild, his experience working at Red Hat, and why he prefers XRP over other forms of cryptocurrency. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. We are really excited to be here today with Mo Morsi, and I'll let him tell us a little more about himself. Yes, thanks a lot, Kelly. It's uh, really great to be here. I am a hacker by trade. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. I a, the sound of, that. <laughs> of course. And uh, I hope the audience likes the sound of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> did it say hacker on your business card? Uh, it did. It did at one really? point. Yes, yes. Okay. So I'd like to get to that point where I can put hacker on my business card, <laughs> professional hacker. Well, we're all hackers of some sorts. You know, I think uh, hacker too. is defined as someone that has a passion for a particular topic, a particular um, subject field, whether it's computers or electronics, mm-hmm. whether it's history or arts. We can all consider ourselves uh, hackers of our own uh, passions. So myself, I am a software engineer uh, by trade. I went to Syracuse University, undergrad and master's degree in computer engineering. Uh, I was an engineer at Red Hat for 12 years. I worked in primarily in the cloud department, writing many tools and services that are used by cloud platforms to, to this very day. During that time, I dabbled in many different types of projects in the tech industry, uh, in, you know, whether it is um, gaming, uh, Arduino, Raspberry Pi, ham radio, 3D printing, the, the list goes Ooh, on and on You worked with on. ham radio? I did, I did yes. Okay. I still have my radio. Uh, I don't pl- I don't use as much as I'd like to these days. You sure. know, time is of the essence, as you know. Yeah, that's fair. But um, I still uh, very eager to for the next time I pull it. Uh, these days, I'm running a small startup called Devnull Productions, and we are focused on blockchain analytics, specifically uh, the XRP blockchain, which is the third largest cryptocurrency by market cap behind Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's being adopted by banks and financial institutions for cross-border remittances, and many other financial use cases. That's the short story. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll go into more uh, in a little bit. So what got you interested in tech? That, that's a very good question. You know, I remember in middle school and high school, I was amongst the first generation where computers were being introduced into the school system. Okay. Uh, I, I remember literally uh, walking through the library, kind of the tour, um, of high, in high school orientation, uh, having played with uh, you know the systems early on, uh, my father got me into computer technology when I was really young. I always had a kind of a curiosity as to how these things worked. Um, I really wanted to dive down as far as I could go down to the bits themselves, to the electrons themselves, which is why I went to computer engineering, which uh, has hardware exposure in addition to software exposure. So throughout my uh, career path, uh, you know, through college, we I was fortunate enough to uh, study, you know, many software 
topics and fields, uh, algorithms, data structures, everything else that you do. Uh, but I was uh, gained a lot of exposure to hardware. One of my most um, enjoyable classes, one of the most enjoyable classes to me was VLSI, very large scale integration, which essentially is chip design. It's kind of the oh, culmination so of all the uh, yes, all the yeah, hardware and software. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. have you actually built like your own computer? Uh, that was one of my first. That, that was one of my first projects. Um, you know, when I was younger in high school, it was kind of. Uh, I remember getting a magazine. Uh, you know, how to. You know all the parts you would need and so on and so mm -hmm. forth and uh, yes yes my first computer was one I built on my own you know don't do that too much these days these days you know I'll uh, you know I've been fo focusing on the business and everything like that but uh, I'm still very much interested in everything technology right and, uh, yeah that's so it's kind of on my bucket list actually is to build my own computer I got into tech a little later in life mm. so um, I mean I had computer labs in elementary school and all that so I've kind of grown up around computers. But I haven't actually ever built my own computer, and that's something I'd like to do is get more exposure to the hardware part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's uh, obviously with laptops, you're, uh, <laughs> you only have as limited customizability, but, you know, a desktop mm -hmm. you can plug and play, you know, you can uh, you know, upgrade your graphics card or whatnot. Yeah. You know, if you want to uh, use a, a graphics card that is, uh, you know, buy a graphics card that's good for a certain type of game or gaming or use one for uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin mining. You know, you can, uh, nice. you can make a system that is to your purposes. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm so interested in is it's incredibly customizable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, well, and my children, they've been wanting, like, a gaming desktop for I don't know how long. I'm like, I don't look into building them. I'm like... the. If you look around enough, I think you can get parts at a fairly decent price. Mm -hmm. And, like, for as much as what they cost to one that comes already together, you could probably build one cheaper than that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing about building a desktop is that, uh, you know, you can build one to a certain specification, and then over time you can upgrade it to whatever, uh, you know, you're looking for. Or, um, it offers a lot of customizability. Yeah, yeah. They, that they. I mean, they just want to play games on it. Interestingly enough, though, be, you know the the hardware requirements of uh, desktop computers. You know, they used to have used to have to build a very powerful machine, and still do to play games and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But the whole computer industry seems to be moving into kind of uh, software as a service and yes. cloud based paradigms, Absolutely. including gaming. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, now that network connections and latency is decreasing and bandwidth is increasing, you're starting to see more of these services that would have to be run locally on the you know your local computer infrastructure being offloaded mm -hmm. to the cloud. And, uh, you know, be just remote accessing those services. Right. Now, whether that's a good or a bad thing, you know, I, I can't say. You know, there's, there's benefits and drawbacks. Um, you know, you, don't, you might not have access to the games on your local computer if your internet goes down, for example. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, updates are easier or quickly, more quickly deployed right. by the cloud provider and whatnot. So there are trade-offs no matter what, uh, yeah. you know, trend in technology. Are you into video games? And if so, what's your favorite video game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Um, okay. I used to be a huge gamer, uh, oh. you know, when I was younger. You know, these days, again, the startup has taken a lot of my time. And yeah, that, I, I, that makes I sense. don't have that too much. Don't have too much time for that. Mm -hmm. uh, here's what. Here's a blast from the past that many of your, uh, maybe some of your audience will know of. There's an old school game called NetHack from the 80s. 
And if you haven't heard of this, check it out. It's a very cool game. It's extremely hard, and it's hard to get into, but uh, I very much enjoy that game. Outside of that, these uh, these days, (laughs) I'm ashamed to admit it on a a podcast, but I'm addicted to those little, uh, they're not Flash games anymore, but these little online games you can get in and out. There's a site called IO Games. Uh, You know, if you need a quick uh, fix... Nice. I, I would check out IO games. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to check that out. Good good word of warning word of warning, uh huge time waster. <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sometimes uh, I yeah. you know I sometimes I think though you need to just take a day and decompress Absolutely. and not do yeah. whatever. I, I think that's I, I, I do too. I think sometimes that if I don't do that I'm like, Oh my god, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna break <laughs> because if you do do that your productivity increases if you take some time off. Yeah. Technology is meant for humans. It's built by humans, um, and it's us up to us to uh, determine how it's best to use uh, technology. So we are all, everyone listening to this, amongst the first generation of humans that have uh, technology always available on demand, mm-hmm. information. And um, it's going to be a learning process that we're going to have to figure out, you know, the social etiquettes and the, um, you know, when it's appropriate to take the photo, when it's appropriate. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there have been many situations that I've been in where, you know, someone kind of took uh, took pictures of me without my consent, if you will. You know, sure. and, you know, in some senses, sometimes it's fine, it's candid and whatnot, but some senses, you know, an intimate moment, you know, a moment shouldn't be captured. It should right. be shared yeah. by those just in the room. Or, right. We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only nonprofit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast. Stop in and check out Syracuse Coworks, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer. So we really wanted to talk to you about the Syracuse Innovators Guild. Yes. Um, I am fairly new to the Syracuse tech scene, so I don't know anything about that. So if you want to give us like a quick overview of like the guild and, you know, what it was all about, that'd be great. Absolutely. Um, The Syracuse Innovators Guild was Syracuse's first makerspace or hackerspace, Mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, for I'm assuming that most of the listeners are familiar with that concept, but for the mm-hmm. ones that don't, uh, Makerspace is kind of a collaborative workspace, place where enthusiasts, hackers of all uh, sorts and variety backgrounds can come together and uh, share their knowledge. We're really, I personally feel that we're on the cusp of a um, change in the trend, educational trends in this country. You know, okay. for one reason or another, um, a lot of, I'm not going to say, you know, higher education institutions are going to disappear. I actually don't think so. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think that they're working for a lot of people. Sure. So I really think that there's a lot of value in bringing people together of various skill sets mm-hmm. to a location where they can kind of freely express themselves. You know, yeah. I, I know a bit about software and technology. I may have a friend that knows more about electronics. Mm-hmm. I may have a friend that knows more about uh, machining, working with uh, wood, metals, whatever. Um, and we can all come together, learn from each other, and build cool projects. You know, <laughs> So... In 2010, when uh, the guild was founded, um, well, let me tell you my, my history <laughs> behind it. It was, just, okay. it was just an interesting story. I actually found out um, about the whole hacker space, maker space thing from when 
I was searching for an apartment on Craigslist. Nice. My lease was up. I was looking for another place. And uh, my co-founder had put up a random post at Craigslist saying, I want the Craigslist groups or events, I want to start a makerspace or a hackerspace in Syracuse. I was curious. I Googled it. And this was really at the cusp of the makerspace revolution globally. Okay. There was a big one in Germany, which is now, uh, the name is... Um, escaping me, something creative Congress. Uh, there's a big one in New York City, NYC Resistor. There's one in San Francisco, Noise Bridge. There are a few big ones in major cities around the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in locations like Syracuse and whatnot, there really didn't exist any such thing. So I met with uh, what would become my co-founder, Clayton Stetz. We started, you know meeting at coffee shops, bars in the area, just started kind of spreading the word virally, you know, talking yeah. to people, you know, spreading around our local communities, our local, the local businesses, mm-hmm. and interest grew. In 2011, uh, it grew to the point that we felt it was the right time to incorporate, okay. and uh, we did form a nonprofit in New York and rented our first spot on Harrison Street, right across it from the Tech Garden. Oh, nice. oh, cool. In the early days, uh, I'll say it, you know, we made a lot of mistakes. You know, we were the sure. first ones to kind of tread the ground. And, uh, you know, many of the individuals who went on to start to form the other makerspaces in Syracuse, whether it be um, Salt City Makerspace, uh, the Fayetteville Fab Lab and whatnot, came into the guild to kind of got a feel of how we were doing, what we were doing. You know, we, sh- we were a very open group. We shared our experiences. Uh, everyone was welcome. And um, they kind of uh, went on to do their own thing, which I think is fine. You know, that there's a lot of room for uh, a lot of groups and organizations to uh, build out their own vision. The future will tell what, uh, what the scene will look like in coming years. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll probably see more of it with the expansion of co-working spaces in Syracuse. Yeah, absolutely. You have a great location here uh, with co-works. I am really excited to see this, uh, you know, come up to its full potential. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be here frequenting the events. Uh, Excellent. Well, that's good to yeah. know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, how often would the Guild meet? Did you guys run, like, a Monday through Friday operation, or was it weekends? Or That, you know, as I said before, there, there was many kind of trial and error. Um, yeah. For a while, I was trying to do uh, a co-working, a formal co-working thing. I think it was on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. You know, the Meetup group is still, you know, still exists. If you Google Mm -hmm. Syracuse Hackers on Meetup, you'll see, you know, the complete history of all our events. Uh, So, um, you know, and certainly, you know, I wanted to keep that group alive as kind of a a testament to, you know, what we did, a little bit of a record of what we accomplished. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we did co-working, we did Arduino classes, we did, uh, you know, I found out about Bitcoin in 2011, I think. In, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll segue then to that with the startup uh, in a mm-hmm. little bit. But yeah, I mean, there were just so many uh, trends that kind of got um, pioneered at this, <clears throat> excuse me, at this group um, and through these sorts of groups. I think when you have a meeting of minds of, you know, very technical, very competent people um, mm-hmm. that are coming together and, uh, you know, in a form that they feel that they can express themselves, you know, without yeah. inhibition, sure. great things come out of that. So uh, to answer your question, there were some periods that we um, 
there was a little lack there, there was some lack of activity you know mm-hmm. again it was trial and error and also you know mm-hmm. with any community driven organization it's uh, based on you know, what people's schedules will allow and whatnot Absolutely. but uh yeah I, i'm i'm very proud of what we accomplished with that group i would encourage anyone listening everyone listening um to mm-hmm. put your feet to the ground you know if awesome. visit the, certainly visit the places that are out there uh I encourage the uh, owners and operators of these spaces to be accommodating and willing to accept uh, people in. Uh, but also have a vision, too. You know, it's it's a very fine ba- balance that, you, you know, you have to, you have to uh, adhere to. And, uh, you know, do what works. You know, be adaptable. If you try something out, give it a, a good shot. But... If it doesn't work over time, don't. Uh, it's the hacker mentality. Don't worry about right. you know moving yeah. on, to, on to other uh, onto something else. I'm I'm confident that uh, the scene is going to be thriving in five ten years. Yeah, and you know, as it is today. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. All right, so we'll segue this into another edition of Kelly Pitches Another Syracuse Meetup. So here's the thing. I want to get into hardware. I don't know anything about hardware at all. I think it'd be kind of neat to have a meetup where like we start building a hardware project. I know there are people yeah. out there listening that have done hardware projects and have worked on it, could come help teach, and then, like, I would, I would love make that. a class mm-hmm. every so often, like, six weeks, eight weeks, I don't know, something, and then just, like, build a project from start to finish to give people some hardware experience, because I'm probably not the only person out there that is, like, brand new to the world of hardware, and I think that'd be something kind of neat. I think yeah. we have the people to sustain that. So here's yet another meetup pitch <laughs> right. for me. Yeah. I feel like I do these like once an episode now. Like, but how it's many meetups can I start? They, but that's how that's the only way you're going to get the tech scene here in Syracuse to even grow even more and to grow, sure. you know, outside of what it already is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you know, you have, if you offer things like that, and somebody who isn't even in tech whatsoever, mm-hmm. but has always maybe just had that little bit of inkling, yeah, and they see that and they're like, hey. Okay, they're holding this class, and I can start, and mm-hmm. then they have one every so many weeks. Gee, maybe you know that's a good way for me to find out if I really do want to get into that or I do like it. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I I think that there is a lot of interest, but you know, it's a if you build it, they will come type thing. You mm-hmm. know, and it might not happen on day one. You know, I'm sure. I'm a very um, big advocate of, also of persistence as well you know if yeah, you know you start doing something and if you really are passionate about it keep uh, keep doing it talking about cryptocurrencies and blockchain before you know you saw the evolution of that of the mining from you know gra- uh, cpus to graphics cards to asic chips specialized hardware eventually i think that you know with the internet of things and uh, mm-hmm. many other um, uh, domain specific applications we're going to see um, a hardware boom, if you will. All sorts of circuits and systems. You know, mm-hmm. Not only the, the, the electronic hardware, but the mechanical uh, interfaces to the real world. You know, Robotics is going to be, a, it's going to continue to be an increasing oh, yeah. uh, uh, sector in, in coming years. <laughs> I, when people say robotics, I always want to build my own little robot. <laughs> absolutely, you know? absolutely. Like, <laughs> you know, like how many movies have you seen where they build robots or whatever? But I don't want a big giant one. I want like a little one. You know? a, a little army. We you had know, a, like, yeah, yeah. We had a communal robot at the guild. That, oh, you know, neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A communal robot? Yeah, it was just like a, a project. It was like, heck on it, if you will. And, you know, oh, a few people cool. would come in. You know, it's just kind of, there, there was a box of parts there. And, you know, yeah. you can add a little bit, you know, this and that. And uh, for a while it was going. Uh, That's 
pretty neat idea. It's what I said before. You know, you give people a, a platform, a place to go, and, um, you know, you make the boilerplate very low, you know, so they can just grab a few parts and just kind of maybe a, a book or some online resources just ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, it's amazing what things are built. Hack Upstate is proud to announce the inaugural Hack Rochester event. It takes place April 18th and 19th, 2020, in the first Federal Plaza building in Rochester, New York. Hackers can form teams, build projects, and win prizes all within 24 hours. For more information, go to hackrock.com. That's H-A-C-K-R-O-C.com and sign up now. So you said that you went to SU, and um, we see that while you were in SU, you were an intern at at Red, Red Hat. Hat. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how did you balance finishing your master's, right, master's yes. degree, um, and being an intern at Red Hat? Because that they both had to have taken up a lot of time. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to, through my own ambition and, and whatnot, I networked a lot, and uh, I was very involved with the uh, Syracuse Linux Users Group at SU. This was during my undergrad. Uh, During the course of uh, attending those, dare I say meetups, this was even before meetup.com was a thing, but those gatherings, uh, I met uh, uh, what would become a fellow co-worker. He Mm -hmm. was able to um, land me a few internships there, which eventually turned into a full-time position, as I said, software engineer there. It's a challenge, um, certainly, uh, balancing uh, a graduate degree and, and work, uh, especially in a tech field, um, tech company where things are always changing and you have to uh, you know, keep on your toes as far as staying up with protocols and uh, contributing to projects, which there was, there was a lot of um, variability, a lot of uh, dynamic nature to my job at Red Hat. Okay. Things were changing all the time. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a very big proponent of when there's a will, there's a way. And um, certainly, you know, took the time I needed to uh, do both, uh, to give the both the due diligence that they needed. Well, like I said, after after grad school, I was able to land a full-time job there, so I had to have mm-hmm. done something right. So what was a typical day like once you got that full-time position? What, what, what was a typical day like for you at Red Hat? Interestingly enough, uh, most of my career at Red Hat, I was working out of Syracuse. Uh, oh, yes, oh, okay. I, I was mostly a remote employee. It's I was very fortunate because uh, Red Hat kind of facilitated me working to the best of my capabilities. You know, mm-hmm. some days I remember there were long periods which I would get up very early in the morning and you know work for a while, and then you know, or vice versa, get up later on the day, work, and some uh, work for a stretch, and then I was done. And then sometimes it would be work for a few hours, take a break, work for a few hours, and so on and so forth. I'm very, you know, obviously we all have meetings. We all have certain Mm -hmm. uh, time-sensitive tasks that we have to adhere to, but I'm... uh, I think that people have to do what works right for them. Some people are morning people. Some people are not. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as day-to-day involvement, um, helping drive requirements, helping, uh, you know, see what we're currently doing, you know, what's what we're going to be doing next, how, actually contributing to the code bases. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see a lot of my uh, code on GitHub, uh, obviously Red Hat being an open source company, right. you know. But yeah, yeah, it was really uh, doing what needed to be done. Um, 
As I mentioned, I was in the cloud department for most of my career there, mm -hmm. uh, working on everything from uh, web applications to platform work. Mm -hmm. I had uh, contributed contributed to uh, building out the Red Hat Ruby platform. Oh, neat. Yes. Okay. okay. That's cool. And Ruby isn't uh, as popular as a language these days. You no. Know, we, we have, uh, you know, JavaScript is the, the big, it seems Everywhere. like it is becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, Python is obviously very big, you know, yep. uh, C++, Java are also, you know, very widely used. Mm -hmm. uh, I would still encourage everyone listening to the podcast to uh, check out Ruby. Um, really? You know, it's still a very active community. It's still being used and developed for a lot of different use cases. Okay. Uh, personally uh, speaking, it's my favorite language. It, it's very expressive. And mm -hmm. obviously with language, any language can do, most, uh, most languages can do most everything, right? I right. mean, every general purpose language, at the end of the day, you're controlling the same hardware mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just writing libraries specific to your application, yeah. A lot of times those libraries are just wrapping C libraries, you know, lower level libraries. Mm. Uh, with Ruby, though, so at the end, so languages really come down to syntax and semantics, you know, different, mm -hmm. different ways of expressing yourself to the machine and uh, the different lang language constructs, mm -hmm. the syntactic sugar, if you will, yep. which will facilitate that. Ruby has a lot of nice syntactic sugar. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it really allows you to express concepts very intuitively, uh, almost as if you were speaking English. I very much highly recommend that. Even if people, even if the listeners uh, don't uh, end up using it, um, mm -hmm. I'm still a fan of being exposed to many different languages so that you get a feeling of what's possible, some ideas. Right. And maybe you'll take some of those constructs and incorporate it into your favorite language of choice. I mean, sure. you know, most languages are open source and they're very welcoming of community contributions. So mm -hmm. I'm a very big Ruby guy. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad to hear someone else talk positively about Ruby. Um, we've had a, a previous guest also mention that Ruby is his favorite programming language mm. as well. Um, I said that when I was first kind of starting to learn how to code in like 2017, um, Ruby on Rails was still kind of a big thing. And that was actually the language I considered learning. Sure. But I feel like, you know, since then in this like three years, it's just dropped off it, it's yeah i liked it the little like i don't know a lot of it but mm -hmm. the little bit of it that i've seen i like ruby the fact that you can put you know usually it's if conditional then do something you mm -hmm. know you can say do something if conditional you can switch the predicate and, yeah. and the uh the operation mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of small things um, I can see it coming back. You know, languages come and go all the time. I mean, recently I, I, had a, I had a lunch with a colleague and he was saying uh, they released a new version of the Fortran spec. No way. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Yes. I mean, this is a language, you know, from, the, I think, wow. the 40s, the 50s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, you're talking when oh, when they put them into space. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. So uh, certainly can, can resurge in popularity. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I think... My, in my personal opinion, I feel that it was because Ruby never got away from Rails. Um, Interesting. I, okay. that, that it didn't become as popular as it could have been. Now, sure. Rails is a great framework. You know, it's a web application framework. You can mm -hmm. build web applications using Ruby on Rails. But, uh, you know, for a language to really take off, to become, you know... A huge success, it has to have many different use cases, right? Mm -hmm. Python is used for numerical processing, data processing. It's yep. used for system programming. It's, you know, there are many web frameworks that are written in Python, uh, Django, Turbo Gears, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. 
Uh, but because Ruby on Rails was kind of the predominant use case in Ruby, it kind of yeah. got, uh, lack of better words, stuck with that. Sure. Um, there are other projects, you know, uh, you know, Puppet and Chef, these kind of system orchestration okay. frameworks are written in Ruby. There's a really cool project called Sonic Pi. Um, it's okay. a sound synth- synthesizer, if I can uh, <laughs> pronounce that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's written in Ruby. Um, so certainly, okay. you know, it might have a resurgence, but um, time will I, tell. Well, I'm yeah. going to check out Sonic Pi because that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. And a great, a great idea. Moe's meetup pitch. Uh, have, have a, <laughs> yes, uh, finally. Have a uh, uh, sound synthesis. Oh, God, I can't talk. Sound synthesis night. Sound synthesis awesome. meetup. Um, I think that's a hot topic that would draw in a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, Syracuse sound synthesis. That was so hard. <laughs> Syracuse sound synthesis is yeah. a lot. So that, that that's, yeah, that's a great that's a one. Lot. <laughs> Are you ready to get some hands-on tech experience? Hack Up State 15 will take place on April 4th and 5th in Syracuse, New York. Come join a team and build a project from scratch in 24 hours. All skill levels are welcome, from hackathon winners to complete beginners. Go to hackupstate.com slash events slash XV for more information and register now. But these days, you know, I'm, I'm very happy I made the choice that I did. Uh, Devno Productions is focusing on XRP analytics, as I mentioned before. Um, I'm really excited about XRP. Uh, it, it's not um, as well known as Bitcoin or Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And uh, ob- obligatory hashtag not financial advice. But, uh, <laughs> right. We appreciate know, the disclaimer. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I, I very highly advise against, uh, you know, going into debt or, or anything like this for oh, any sure. cryptocurrency. Um, you know, it's a very speculative market. Mm-hmm. But um, I would... I would uh, I think that uh, I feel that XRP is worth looking into if you haven't heard, especially if you haven't heard of it before. I personally, this is just my personal opinion, uh, felt that Bitcoin was very good, you know, from its genesis 2009 to 2017. Mm -hmm. It was in 2017 that, you know, I experienced firsthand that it wasn't scaling. What's known as proof of work or the mining, Mm -hmm. uh, it just, you're not going to get any level of significance, um, the, the benchmark is Visa, you know, the credit mm-hmm. card, Visa-level performance with Bitcoin, with proof-of-work. Okay. Uh, now, you know, there's other things, energy usage and so on and so forth, that, you know, I, I just don't see it having the utility going forward. And, again, the, the proof was in the pudding. It was in 2017 that transactions were taking hours to go through the Bitcoin network. You were being exposed to high volatility risk, mm-hmm. high transaction fees. And sure. I, I'm, I'm still a fan of Bitcoin because it is verifiably the first decentralized uh, distributed ledger, right? right? That it's part of human history. I mm-hmm. mean, we can't, no one can erase that. And right. I, I, and I recognize it and I'm very um, appreciative of what the Bitcoin community did for the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But going forward, I don't see the utilities being there. Uh, you know, personally speaking, you know, I, okay, Bitcoin wasn't working you know, as far as a scalable manner. Mm-hmm. Ethereum is also proof of work technology, uses the mining. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mining Ethereum for a while. But uh, the third on the list was XRP, and that implements what's known as Byzantine consensus. I'm not going to go into all the details here, but it's a far, far more efficient protocol. 
and it uses fraction energy cost and it just the, the benefits go on and on. Personally speaking, you know, with my startup, we contribute to the XRP code base. So mm-hmm. we're core blockchain developers. You know, I'm not um, just uh, shilling this, if you will. Right. Uh, yeah, no, no. Know, um, I, I can say from a ground level that the technology is solid, The it works, and I feel, hashtag not financial advice, right. that is going to be the next big cryptocurrency. Interesting. It sounds like I have a lot to Google later. Yeah, so absolutely. Yes. I'm going to check into that. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll be I interesting to see. Yes. It'll be interesting to see how that how it changes if people more people pick up on it. Absolutely. And realize what it can do. And there are a lot of market opportunities. I'll say this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel that there are a lot of uh, techies, hackers, and whatnot listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you know, the new term is Internet of Value. It's kind of a play on the Internet of Things uh, mm-hmm. term before. You know, there's a lot of uh, opportunities to kind of represent, to quantify and represent you know, legacy uh, assets, uh, mm-hmm. you know, legacy currencies and so on and so forth on this new technology. And um, I really encourage everyone to check it out. Awesome. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Upstate Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. Yeah, so I was kind of wondering what your experience was, like finding your own business and how you found that. It's been a roller coaster. I believe you know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be prepared for the you know emotional ups and downs. I would not rather be doing anything else. The day to day kind of like a better word, the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, both some people that doesn't jive with them, which sure. is fine. You know, right. that that's that's you know different personalities. For me, it's it's the excitement. You know, it's okay. the. Uh, Every day, do I focus more on product development? Do I focus on business development? Mm-hmm. Uh, the scheduling, you know, going to different meetups, conferences. It's an adventure. It really yeah. feels that uh, it's it's the way I want to live my life. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, certainly, it requires a long-term persistence and dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to be able to go at it uh, on your own for months, years, and, sure. you know, you have to also believe in yourself. You're not going to get that immediate feedback, so, you know, someone, you're not going to have a boss that's saying, yeah, good job, or, mm-hmm. you know, and even if they don't say good job, at the end of the day, you get your paycheck, which is, right, you know, right. it's, saying, it's just a way of saying, yeah, good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other, on the flip side, the potential reward is higher, right? I mean, sure. if, if you start a company that really takes off and, uh, you know, you made it happen, so, um, you know, this country is, a, you know, still a very, you know, entrepreneurial country, an entrepreneurial society, and I really encourage, you know, everyone, if they have the temperament uh, for it, to go for it, because there's nothing in life like it. Yeah, yeah. 
So I did want to ask you about conferences. Yeah. Um, I saw that you have spoken at a good number yes. of conferences. And I was curious, um, as someone who has not spoken at a number of conferences but would like to get more public speaking experience, yeah. um, what advice would you give someone who is new to the conference world? As Nike says, just do it. <laughs> <Yeah. That's, laughs> just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. You know, it's uh, there are many things in life where you know you can read books, you can read uh, mm-hmm. blogs and whatnot. You know, how to develop your public speaking, and yeah. But it's uh, until you actually you know, put your feet to the ground and mm-hmm. get up on stage. Uh, you should do it, Kelly. I mean, I think you would. Uh, you would be natural. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. Yes, you would. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's all sorts of conferences. They're, they're not. Sure. You know, there's small ones. There's big ones. Uh, there are conferences mm. locally in Syracuse. There's. Um, yeah. You know, go down to New York. You can go across the country, across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, find what works for you. You know, yeah. I, there there been there's certainly been conferences. You know, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, sure. That you know, have jived with me and whether it me being an attendee or me being a presenter and okay. I've gotten great feedback and I felt great about the events, the, the presentation, whatnot. And sometimes, you know, you're standing in front of the audience and there's crickets. What's the longest presentation that you had to give? Maybe an hour. I mean, is uh, that yeah. like what they would each like speakers typically, you know, Again, it depends. Sometimes it's half hour. You know, recently, me being in XRP community, my startup, uh, Devnell Productions, being in XRP community, we help contribute to and we run the New York City XRP meetup. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, it it was a great event. Um, This was something that we've been uh, working on for the last half a year. We do meetups every other month. Okay. Uh, They've been growing in popularity. Uh, so for that one, we did a panel and even though it wasn't just me on stage, uh, talking all the time, you know, the panelists were there, I moderated, I hosted the panel, has its own skill sets. As I mentioned with the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not all conferences are the same. Not every, you know, talk is the same. You sure. know, sometimes it'll be just, you know, you giving a presentation on a topic for however long, sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be a workshop. Sometimes it will be a panel, you know, fireside chat where, you know, you're sitting down mm-hmm. with someone, you bring a guest on and it's kind of a conversation. Mm-hmm. So each of those, um, you know, require its own kind of, um, skill set, its own approach. And, uh, it's also knowing the audience, uh, you know, oh, sure. if, if it's a very technical audience, you know, don't be afraid to go into a lot of technical details. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not, it's, you can still go into some technical details, but also, uh, you know, give time to explain <laughs> those technical yeah, details. Right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you see people's eyes starting to glaze over, Absolutely. you got to pull it back. <laughs> and read the audience. That's, yep. that's a that's very, a that's yeah. very what, you know, yeah. Is there a particular conference you would recommend going to or one that you've had a good experience that you'd like to share? Absolutely. And it's actually coming up uh, this summer, and I'm pretty sure you can still get tickets, though I would act soon because they do typically sell out before the conference. In New York City, there's one called HOPE, Hackers on Planet Earth. That's a great acronym. Yes. Uh, Okay, I'm going to have to look that up now. Perhaps one one of the best conferences that uh, I go to. It's every two years in New York. Um, It used to be in Midtown Manhattan. They moved out to Queens uh, for whatever reason, but um, still in the city. And, um, you know, usually a very, you know, wide variety of topics for a lot of Mm -hmm. things we talked about earlier from, uh, you know, Amateur radio, 3D printing, you know, uh, classical uh, InfoSec security and whatnot, uh, you know, programming, 
I'm sorry. Um, if people are interested in um, going to the XRP meetup in the NYC area, yes. uh, where could they find more information on that? If you go to meetup.com, okay. NYC XRP, awesome. yeah, they'll come up. And uh, where can our listeners find more information about you or kind of follow along with your tech journey? Absolutely. Well, uh, I have a few websites. Uh, my company, DevNull Productions, the website is devnull.network. Okay. Uh, that's the whole word network. We also have a, our minimum viable product is XRP Intel, xrp1ntel.com. Uh, and then, you know, my personal blog, mo.morsi.org, mo.morsi.org. Mm-hmm. All my contact info is there. Yes. That's great. We'll go ahead and link all those in the show notes. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank great. you so much. That sounds yeah, great to me. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are jswebdev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. And you can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. You can keep up with Kelly by following my Instagram and Twitter at thisiskelcore or visiting my personal site, kel.dev. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com. And remember, always keep keep it it salty. salty.